hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today is November the 11th, 2019. Powered, powerful day, lots of powerful energies as we continue through this shift in consciousness that is taking the planet on a magnificent ride and all of us along with it. So today I am really excited to have as a guest, a gentleman that was introduced to me by a friend, and but I don't really know him that well. So I'm going to get to know Will right along with you. And but one thing that I can say about him is that I've been watching his his work and he is so committed to helping break down the steps that that all of us are going to move through on this spiritual journey. Um, so I'm really excited because I normally don't have somebody who really um, is talking about steps like that. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. So as always, make sure that you go ahead and, and submit your questions, your comments, anything that you want to share with us, we would love to hear from you. Okay. So now let me bring Will back up. Will, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let me start with where I start every one of these aligned with line of conversations. And the reason I do this is because I realized that people, ordinary people like just like me, just like you are going through a spiritual awakening. And these conversations give them an opportunity to realize that they're not alone, that what they're going through is is typical. It's normal. And your story is going to touch somebody as my story has touched some. And we will all learn from each other on this incredible journey um, to, to awakening. So tell me, when did you begin to realize that maybe there was more to life than what you had been taught that there was? For me, um, after my mom passed away, when I was 41 years old, I went into the dark night of the soul and began to enter into the world of the you know the unseen world the realm of spirituality and that totally changed my life completely do you recall when or what what situations happened that maybe got you to begin to see things differently yeah for me it was uh, i always wished that i had that that kind of moment uh, i always reference byron katie as a, as a wonderful author who she shares about that moment when she's on the floor completely destroyed and depressed and then she has this epiphany of these four questions that she can use to help ease the suffering, to help shift and step out of suffering for herself and others. So I always wish that I had my moment like that, but it, it didn't happen that way for me. It was more of a series of steps. So I think one of the earliest ones was my family, my mom was always fairly uh, uh, open-minded, spiritual, no real practice of her own, but she was very, uh, open-minded about spirituality because she'd come from a very religious background, which she didn't like. So she's very open to all paths. And she used to tell me the story that when I was a kid, I was sitting with her and my, and my brother. And I said, I forget how old I was, maybe five, four years old. And I said, Hey mom, you remember that time when we were sitting at the top of that hill or mountain and we were looking down at the two rivers coming together in, in the gully, or I didn't say the word gully. I was five, but you know, there's two rivers coming together. Do you remember that time? And she said, no, no, honey, I, I don't remember that time. I don't know what you're talking about. So she used to tell me that story, and I, I really liked that story. And then as a kid and as a teenager, I used to walk in the woods and talk to myself, which I later found out was prayer, a yeah. form or a version of prayer. 
when I was, I think, 15 years old, I watched, uh, of all things, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that helped me to have a, a God moment, a moment of coming to know spirit or God. But even when that happened, with the, and literally the thunder crashed the moment that I asked the question, is there a God? And, and the thunder crashed and the lightning went. And I still <laughs> said, mm, I'm, I'm not totally convinced. Maybe, maybe. And then, you know, many years later, I found The Secret, the movie The Secret. I think, for, especially for my generation, that was the introduction for a lot of people into this world that we're in. And Me that too. was the beginning. And then I started yeah. reading Abraham Hicks and I started reading uh, Joe Vitale and, and started down that path. And since then, there there have been many epiphany realization or uh, some people call them awakening moments. But uh, in terms of the start of my journey, it was more of a slow, a slow burn, we call it that. Yeah. Well, how old are you? 34. 34. Okay. So you, you are in that, that cusp um, of that, the younger generation that is coming in more highly attuned in this, this is with a, a consciousness that is more connected to source because so many of those of us who, who are older, I'm, I'm the baby boomer generation. I'll be 58 this year, tail end of the baby boomers. Consciousness was a lot more solid, more, um, defined we were stuck more inside of that structure of the old energy and in those 30 somethings you know probably uh, early 40s to younger generations each each uh generation that is coming in is coming in with just a more pliable consciousness which means that the solidity of the three-dimensional world is not so so hard for you guys to move through so how beautiful that you had uh, a mom that encouraged some of these things or at least didn't discourage it. And tell me a little bit about as you start reading The Secret or watching The Secret, I, I watched it. I never read the book. Um, and of course, I did uh, listen to Abraham Hicks and Joe Vitale. Those were all parts of my gathering information because I went through a, a curiosity phase that that was helping me make sense of what was it that was out there that I just wasn't aware of. So what were your experiences with these teachings? Uh, most of them I hated. Uh, most of them I found very frustrating and very annoying and they didn't get to the point and they talked around things and they weren't effective and they didn't work and they didn't help me to be happier and more joyful, which I figured was the whole point of this thing. Uh, so that was my early uh, experiences, but I always was very fascinated by, um, especially with Joe Vitale, and then especially with um, Tony Robbins, and how they had this very scientific approach to what would seem a very ethereal topic of conversation. And I really, at the beginning of that journey, I guess now 12 years ago, or almost 14 years ago, um, became very fascinated with, well, how do you bring structure and systems to a structureless, systemless kind of existence. And I think that's how I've built my practice as an energy worker and as an energy healer. I prefer the term energy clearing, um, but that's what I bring to that. And as you mentioned in my introduction, I, I like to bring the nuts and the bolts without being prescriptive and without saying, you know, here are the four steps to it. That's, they still annoy the hell out of me. What do I do now? And it's, oh, just, just bring that forgiveness energy into your heart. And I go, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. So I actually have a pro process that I, I take clients through of how to forgive. And it's not like it's foolproof and it's not a guaranteed, you know, slick thing, but at least it gives people a place to begin 
and and to go deeper with that instead of just writing a book about how important something is without any actual uh, nuts and bolts. So yeah, that was the beginning of my frustration with this whole industry and world um, that I, I hope to be the, the change in that way. Oh, that's so wonderful. Um, and I can relate to, to what you're saying because when I started on this path and I began to move through that dark night of the soul, what was coming up were the people that I was blaming for my frustrations, why my life turned out the way that it is. And of course, that forgiveness piece is crucial. You can't move beyond it. The only book, well, two books, two teachings that I found that were helpful. The first one was I read a book, uh, Radical Forgiveness, by actually a, a friend of mine. He recently passed away. Um, Colin Tippin, and he wrote his book and we we did some events together and his processes were really powerful and his teachings came out of A Course in Miracles. And I became a student of A Course in Miracles about seven years mm -hmm. ago. And that's when what forgiveness is all about finally made sense. And the, the how to do the actual forgiveness um, it made perfect sense and worked. So I, I get that frustration. So share a little bit about how do you help people move through forgiveness? Because as you were saying, it is an in, it is a clearing of energy. Um, share a little bit about that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the things that I help clients to do, um, especially with private clients, but also in group programs is we do actual belief clearing together. So I will speak with them either one-on-one -on -one or in a group scenario or even live on like a Facebook live through text. And I can still read their energy and I can feel wh what beliefs are coming up, what stories are coming up. And then we clear those beliefs and stories in, in the language that I use at the point of creation. Mm -hmm. And so when you destroy those beliefs and you're actually willing to destroy those beliefs in the energy uh, of, a, of a trained practitioner who does this work you know, every day, all day long, then people can actually step out of those beliefs and stories. And that makes the forgiveness part a whole heck of a lot easier. So that's that's what, that's kind of the first step is, for example, if someone's really pissed off at their dad or their mom or whoever, you could look and say, well, you've, you know, I can see that there's, I can feel that stuck energy. I can see that stuck energy. So let's see, what, what could the belief be? And then for me, it'll literally pop into my head or I'll see it on them in, in text form or other other ways. So I'll say, oh, the belief that your dad uh, should have known better. Would you be willing to destroy that belief at the point of creation? And sometimes just the realization that that's because they don't they don't hear it uh, mirrored back to themselves that way. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for us when we're sitting with our journal to really see the specific beliefs and stories. So when they hear it out loud, sometimes that's all it takes. And they go, oh, my gosh, I totally have been believing that my dad should have known better. That's ridiculous. He's just a person. Yes, I'm willing to destroy that belief. And I feel the whole energy release and it releases, they feel it, and then they feel a million times better. So when that happens, great. Work's done, continue, move on, see if there's anything else. But often what happens, and often the reason why we haven't forgiven is someone will say, oh, yes, I'm totally willing, but I can feel from their energy that they're really a no. They really are still blaming. They're really still in victim story. They're really still in something else. So in that case, we'll dive deeper and we'll see what's underneath all that. Um, why are they holding on to it? Uh, and then if 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 that's not going the way we want it to, there is a second step. But I just want to see: does that kind of make sense before I go into anything else? Does that does that? Oh, absolutely! Resonate? Oh, absolutely! Absolutely! So definitely go go okay, to cool. the next part. Cool. 
so yeah, so the second, yeah, so the second step, and this is something that everyone can practice at home because if you've, if that was the first time you've ever heard about the idea that you can clear specific beliefs and that they're actually just gone. If, so this is the first time you're hearing that might be a lot to take. Uh, I know for me, it was for sure. The first time that I worked with my energy guy and he said, uh, you know, the belief that whatever, would you be willing to destroy that? And I said, well, pff, yeah, I'm willing, but is that actually going to do anything? And he said, well, if you get willing, if you're actually in that energy, it will. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time that I was willing. And I went, whoa, and I felt my whole body, I just, I felt it. Uh, and there, there are ways to get into that willing state. So that's my caveat before I move on for everyone that that's the first time you've heard of this. So the second piece is what, uh, it's what's called energy pulling or pulling energy. So you can actually see that person, imagine that person in your mind with eyes closed or open. It doesn't have to be a deep meditative process. It can be one minute a day, three minutes a day. It doesn't have to be a, a, a deep um, spiritual process necessarily. And you imagine that person and you pull energy from the whole universe to that person, through that person to you. So this is different from what many of us have been taught about meditation or blessings. You know, when we do uh, global blessing work or mm -hmm. even a lot of the forgiveness practices and you see bright light going to a person, that is all what I call, uh, or sorry, what some other people call spiritual bypassing and what I call uh, a bunch of BS. Because <laughs> you're basically saying, oh, that person needs a blessing. I don't because I'm better than that person and I don't need to forgive that person or I don't need to be close to that person, which just continues the lack of forgiveness. But when we pull energy through them to us, we're forced to be vulnerable. We're forced to be closer to that person, to be willing to let it all go. And when we do that, then we'll see the belief that comes up like, oh, I'm not safe around that person or they don't deserve my acceptance or whatever it is. Like you'll start to so write those down <laughs> and then we deal with those. But just as a basic practice, when you're willing to let all that come through and pull that energy, that will start to really shift things, especially if you do it every day, just for a minute or a few minutes. Yeah, uh, you know, and so you said se several really wonderful things here uh, because that willingness is key. That you you can't do anything in this journey without the willingness. And but it, most people think that they have a willingness because they're studying, they're getting a coach, they're participating in programs, they're reading the books. So we assume that we have a willingness, but there is a willingness to learn, and then there's a willingness to release. And that willingness to release is very different because that's when we have to do that, that internal work that you're talking about. And then it comes to what you were just saying, we have to recognize our oneness. And if you're pulling energy from somebody else, it's because we're merging, we're realizing the, the, the oneness aspect. It's all the same one energy. Um, share a little bit about, because you're speaking about some pretty, you know, beautiful, profound truths. How did you come to have those experiences yourself? Because we typically teach what we know. So we've had to have those experiences. Um, do you mind sharing some of the, the forgiveness work that you had to do that allowed you to, um, understand what you are now teaching? Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, it was through many, many years of being so not aligned spiritually and energetically, especially in the presence of other people or specific people, 
that forced me to discover alignment practices. And so, I, I, you know, that's part of why I love the name of your show. Uh, it's got the word align in there. So uh, an alignment, energetic alignment is what I'm all about. It's what my practice is all about. So for me, I started to notice any individual or scenario or situation in my life where I got into an emotional tailspin or an emotional tizzy, and I did work on that. Uh, some of the specific people that I had to do forgiveness work with, and it's been it's been a while now since I've done that, so let me just make sure I'm not doing a, 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 a BS moment here. So, you know, my stepfather was definitely one, my father was definitely one, uh, myself, uh, specific previous clients when I was a life coach, and specific people in the personal development industry. So in doing that forgiveness work, I had to see my part in it, was part of that. And then I also had to be willing to see, oh, and I forgot to tell your listeners, <laughs> forgot to tell you even, when I twitch, uh, it's energy moving. So there's someone that's listening live right now who is uh, in a little bit of resistance to this conversation. So that's when my body twitches. When uh, energy releases or moves, I yawn. So when we see me start to yawn, people on the call might be, and it might be the people presently or in the future as well, which I know sounds crazy, but we could talk about that uh, if we have time. So I had to recognize in the forgiveness game, where was my benefit? Ow. Like, <laughs> where was my benefit in being mad at that person? Yeah. So as long as it was the, for example, uh, that coach's fault that I wasn't uh, getting the results that I wanted from their program, I didn't have to, one, do the work, two, realize that I signed up for the wrong program in the first place and I've been an idiot the whole time, three, find my own way to apply the work that was authentic for me. Uh, so I didn't have to do any of that because it was their fault. Yeah. So when I started to see that, that I had a payoff or a benefit to being this self-righteous dick. Uh, that's So when I got off my high horse, and I think that that's one of the biggest challenges for all of us that are on the spiritual journey, yeah. is we're the ones reading the books, we're the ones doing the work, and we start to poo-poo and look down on other people. I did it for a decade. And then we wonder why our lives aren't really changing, why we're not really making the money we wanna make, and, and we're not, and clients, here's a big one for anyone who's listening as a holistic practitioner. If you're not signing the clients that you wanna sign, this is going on somewhere. You are still being a know-it-all or better than or sitting in judgment of other people. Otherwise, you'd have more clients. Almost guaranteed. I'm not going to say guaranteed, but almost guaranteed. So let, let's unpack a little bit what you said because it is absolutely profound and it speaks to something that I, I am noticing right now. We are... We are approaching a very crucial shift for those of us who are spiritual teachers, spiritual um, facilitators, you know, what, whatever you want to call any, any one of us that has an understanding of the necessary work that has to be done to clear our, our thought system, to clear our energy. But like you, I had to look at my spiritualized ego. I, I was totally on a spiritual pedestal when I had been teaching for probably seven, eight years by then. I you know I started 12 years ago. I, I had my my shift began 17 years ago. Um, and then I was given a workshop to teach called the power of awareness. And I began to teach this thing that, frankly, I didn't know 
exactly what I was teaching, but I was following the guidance that I was being given. And it broke down the spiritual journey into six phases from conception to enlightenment. And I was teaching these processes over and over for years. Then I meet this uh, amazing man. I'm going to say, you know, when we met each other, we knew that we had been together in other lives because the intensity of it was so powerful. And we entered into this incredible romance and with and the but the way that we met is he came to one of my classes. So he was my student and everything was wonderful as long as he remained open to what I was teaching. And once he began to have his own awareness as his own knowledge and then began to use my teachings against me, my spiritualized ego got on a high horse. And I began to realize, well, I'm judging him for reacting to something that I'm reacting to that he's doing and being able to look at that and, and to use some of your same language, because is what I used. There was a payoff. The payoff to me was to stay righteous, to to not go deeper, to stay in a place of uh, complacency that felt comfortable. But my growth was in me looking at why am I judging him for the exact same thing I'm doing? So it is it is a fascinating journey of unlayering. There's layers and layers to 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 this game. And if you're not willing to just go all the way to transparency, well, you're not going to experience the freedom that is that is inherently possible when you're no longer living inside of of these definitions or or these uh these masks. Um, so what you said is really, really powerful. So you having experienced that, that's why you can teach that because there's a big difference. People who teach things that haven't experienced it because I've been there too. I, I, I know that game, but to teach from what we have experienced is so, so different. So say a little bit more about you discovering the need for you to really all the work was about you for the longest time, still today, I, I probably still say it, um, maybe not as often, but I do, it does happen um, regularly enough. I say that every time I coach somebody, there's always a note to self. I'm always hearing something I need to pay attention to on my end um, because, you know, we're one. We're, we're one energy expressing itself differently. So say more to how you have gone through this process of really peeling back the layers to align um, with your true self. Yeah. So for me, I talk about it as <clears throat> noticing hmm, the first gift I was given around that area was probably a decade ago or maybe eight years ago when I first started training as, training as a life coach. And I remember, I, was, I remember because I was sitting in the Hyatt Regency in Toronto. I was on, it was on Queen Street. I know, sorry, King Street, right across from a restaurant I used to work at. And I remember sitting upstairs, it's the sixth floor, and looking at the window. And I had just delivered the most amazing 30-minute coaching session in the world. Like, it was on fire. It was amazing. I knew it was amazing. I was on fire. And then it came time for feedback. <laughs> and my mock client, other participant in the program, said, yeah, it was great for the first like five, 10 minutes. It was, it was really great. And then you started doing the, I don't know, it's like, it was like the will show. And I went, what? So yeah, you started like putting on a show. And then I completely lost interest in the session. And it was just like the rest of the session 
So everything that I had thought was so genius and so on point was so not on point because it was no longer connected with her. And I really, it, it didn't click for me for a long time until about four years ago, I started delivering sessions as an energy worker. And I started to notice when I was in a push energy instead of a pull energy. So when I was with clients, I would start to notice, oh, I'm literally leaning forward in my chair. I'm waiting for the next great thing that I'm gonna say. I am whatever, like I'm not, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm talking faster, I'm, I'm excited, I'm, real, I'm making a point, I'm trying to get them to see something, all these things, which has nothing to do with hand gestures and yeah. body language, but it's all about your energy. Yeah. So I would see that and I would see myself doing it and I go, whoa, 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 you're in the will show. And what I used to do, because for me, and I always say, I spent so much of my life being so out of alignment at such a deep, deep level thinking that I was in alignment when I very much wasn't, that I'm no longer willing for anybody or anything to be out of alignment. So I won't do a podcast that's not aligned. I won't work with a client that's not aligned, even if they're paying me lots of money or they want to pay me lots of money. I don't, I, not, nothing. My alignment is my one of my most prized possessions, my wife and my daughter. I would say it's the three of those things. So I began this practice where even in the middle of a session, I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I've just been making the session all about me for the last like three or four minutes. And I'm really sorry. Can we get back on track? And people would say, Oh, I didn't know. Like most people didn't notice, yeah. but I noticed, I noticed very much. Or I'd be in the middle of a sentence and I would just stop talking. I'd get back into that pulling energy that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And then we continue the session. And every once in a while, someone would, someone would notice and say, Oh, what were you going to say back then? And I'd explain and say, oh, it doesn't matter because it was no longer in alignment. I was off on the will show. I was off on a tangent and it was no longer where you are. But funny enough, most of the time people didn't notice because they stopped listening anyways because I wasn't connected to their energy. And so they stopped listening. <laughs> so they didn't even notice that I would stop in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's Did beautiful. Did that answer the question a little oh, bit? Totally. No, no, no. That That's wonderful because... Um, I have noticed not not only from my own experience, but I, I've got clients that I've been coaching some of them ten years, um, not because they they can't get this, but because they've made a commitment to to just have somebody who can watch those um, blind spots that we can't see, and they come in intermittently, and you know they might need some help for six months, and they go away and come back and and do a workshop or or whatever. Um, but for me, my journey has been about paying attention to those blind spots that do put me in, to use your words, in the line of show. And that's where my ego wants to get credit. That's where my ego wants to be a, a specialist and, and this person that saves the world. Um, but, you know, that, that part of me that I'm aligning to, that sore spirit, which I want to know what you're aligning to, what you call it and how that is. But when I had an encounter, what I call encounter of the best kind, and I felt what alignment is all about, and I had that that experience with the creator, I I know what that is. And in that that peaceful place, that's my home base. When I'm not coming from that place, my soul, my spirit cannot be extending the the love, the compassion, the 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 whatever wants to to move through me because it is I I absolutely feel it's an extension that moves through me. Uh, but if I'm in my head, if I'm in my ego, it, it is all about what can I get out of this? And that, that took me many, 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 many years 
to really get number one, um, present enough to what was happening, but number two, to have the willingness to acknowledge that I, I was doing it for self-gratification and that, that I was doing it to inflate my the very ego side of me that is the thing that that this journey has taught me to deflate so share a little bit more um what is it that you align to when you talk about being in alignment what what is that for you yeah i don't really talk about that much because <clears throat> for me it doesn't really matter i, I mean i guess god source energy spirit Jesus, I have a really great relationship with Jesus. Um, and for any of the Christians on the call, uh, it might offend, but you know, he's, he's, he's my guy, <laughs> which is funny because I'm not actually Christian, but um, yeah, I, for me, I, it's, it's more of this feeling of it, cause we all know it. So when I talk about alignment or energetic alignment, we all know that feeling of you just totally said the wrong thing in the conversation or whatever. And you want to you want to say I'm I'm really sorry, that was inappropriate, and I'm sorry, without any explanation or justification. You just want to like you know you want to apologize, but you don't, and then you replay that in your head all night long, or you want to quit the job, and you don't, and it keeps you up at night, or you want to start that business and you don't, and you start getting anxiety and depression, or you you. Uh, somewhere in your subconscious you want to be telling your family more often how much you love them and you don't and it's starting to eat away at your relationship with them all those things are what i call in the way and that's why the work that i do like my facebook group and even the free session that i offer is called clear what's in the way because when we do that we naturally align like abraham hicks talks about the cork will naturally come to the top of the water to the surface you don't have to set an intention or a goal or anything you just let go of the anchor and it floats to the top. So my work is really about helping people to clear those things that are in the way. And that's just by looking at them and intuitively sitting with them and talking, we see what's there, we clear it, and then they bob to the surface and usually in their business, that's kind of my focus. So for me, I can feel that. Like I can, it just, it's every, so if I was to say the wrong thing on this, on this podcast, and by wrong thing, I mean, not energetically aligned, not mm -hmm. in everyone's highest and best interest, then my body will literally tell me and I will feel uncomfortable and I won't like it and I'll just, I can't do it. So that's that's what I, when I talk about being in alignment, I, I mean, physically I've been, and this might relate to a lot of your listeners as well. Ever since I was a kid, I was called too sensitive. And now in today's spiritual world, we have this other great label called, oh, I'm an empath. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, that has just done just as much harm or damage, or damage as when I was labeled as a kid as too emotionally sensitive. I think they're equally as uh, unhelpful because as an empath in the terminology that we use it now, that means, oh, you're different. You need more alone time. You need to be more secluded and separated. You need coping mechanisms. All this language becomes about uh, weakness instead of different. And so being that sensitive all the time, I took on everyone else's crap. I didn't know how to return it, which is now half of the work that I do with clients, uh, but I didn't know how to do that. So I just took it all on and I felt how shitty that was. So now as an energy worker, I, I know what that's like and I'm just not willing to, to be in that state at all. But I'm also not willing to go and hide in the forest because I don't know how to handle people. I was just like, no, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense to me. I should be 
I should be allowed to be however I want to be in the world on Facebook lives, on stage, working with clients and be empathetic or an empath. I shouldn't have to choose. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. So going, so as I went through that journey, now those skills are amazing because now I sit with people and I can sit with someone who's, they're saying all the right things and their body language is great and they're totally great. And everyone around them is saying, oh yeah, this, this, that person that's sharing, they're totally in alignment. And I'll just look at them and say, you are really pissed off. Who are you so angry at? And everyone in the group will look and be like, what is he talking about? And even the person will say, I, buddy, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, okay, you, you can not go there if you don't want to, but if you want to go there, who are you so angry at? And they'll sit with it for just a moment and they'll go, well, you know, my boss. And then they just let into it. It's like, because I'm empathetic as most of your listeners are. We can feel it. We know when people are telling a fib. We know when they're lying. So for all of your listeners, stop paying attention to all the people who are telling you that it's all in your head or you're making it up because you're not. <laughs> There's something there. You're a lie detector. You're a human lie detector. Now, you don't have to rub it in their faces. You don't have to tell them that you can feel it. It's probably not appropriate. But just know for yourself, you're not full of crap. You're not crazy. It's just a, a gift that you have. Oh, I love what, what you're saying. Um, now, of course, the if you're if you're an empath, if that's a title that you have and that feels, you know, comfortable, clearly you you that that's where you're supposed to be at with that. If, on the other hand, you do want to continue to move through some of these things, um, we have to realize that we do use a lot of spiritualized bullshit to keep ourselves from feeling what is really underneath the surface. And our, I know my ego mind. I know that that part of me that wants to create this sense of specialness, this sense of division, this sense of, of separation, it is that voice that I have to constantly be paying attention to that would like for me to say something to you that I can look good and sound good. But boy, let me not reveal what's really happening underneath the surface, because like you said, you know, our bodies they do not lie. They're always giving us information. And we've got a couple of people who are thanking us for this conversation specifically. You know, when you were speaking, Margaret, thank you for thanking uh, Will for his comments. And Peggy, um, wow, gifts are your gift and no one can steal them. You're absolutely right. If you have, you know, the, that gift of of intuition, of empathy, of, of the bullshit detector, um, because there's nothing more more fascinating to me than coaching a client and they're trying to sell me a story, but you came to me to help to get my assistance in helping you break down those stories that are the barriers from you showing up authentically. And so back to the willingness that you were talking about earlier to really be transparent. Um, I kind of want to jump back when you were talking about alignment and, and Jesus, you were talking about, you know, Jesus is a person you go to. He's totally my homie. I grew up Catholic, so I I definitely had a relationship with Jesus, but it wasn't a, a, a relationship that I could share with people because I heard so much of the Catholic fear-based, you know, dogma. But when I began to move through my spiritual journey, and my listeners uh, know this, I, I began to to hear the guidance of Jesus. Because I was Christian, it made sense. If Buddha or Muhammad would have showed up to me, that would have freaked me out because I wasn't familiar with those, those uh, religions. But Jesus shows up for me. 
and I'm receiving guidance. And that's who gave me the power of awareness teachings and the six phases that we go through and has been my guide helping me walk through those phases. And they're not one, two, three, four, five, six, and you're done. They're an organic spiral that we're constantly going through as we expand further and further out of the, the density of our um, singular story, according to our um, egoic self, you know, our, our disconnected self. So I wanted to just share with you that Jesus part because I totally relate. But let me jump back to what you were saying, because I think this is probably one of the most profound parts of of um, I, I'm going to say of this conversation is when we get down to the nitty gritty of let's get authentic, let's get real, let's get transparent, because in your opinion, what why? What is the reason to become transparent and see all of these ways that we lie to ourselves? What is the reason? Well, for me, it's kind of, it's, it's self-evident. And it's, it's the same thing that, that friends used to make fun of me for in the arts world, because I grew up as, a, as an actor and I love the arts. But for me, I, I only really loved art when it had a purpose, when it had a reason, when it was helping us to become more, to do more, to see more, to break down barriers. And many of my artistic friends, including my wife actually, who is uh, on the administrative side of art with, in, with her own business, um, cataloging private art collections. So she's not an artist, but she's in that world. She doesn't see art the same way, but I, I very much do that unless it inspires me or moves me to do great things, I really don't have any interest in seeing it. And people can very much disagree with me on that. That's it's not about getting agreement. But for me, it's the same way on the spiritual path that unless the spiritual practice helps me to have more ease, more joy, or more magic, I really don't have any interest in it. So there are a lot of great practices in the world that are based in a heavy, serious, what I would call significant energy. And significance is very different from substance. Because you know the Buddha, or not sorry, not the Buddha, um, the Dalai Lama, and and many great teachers are very light. They have incredible substance, no significance. So I know that's a roundabout way of answering your question, but the purpose to do all these things, the purpose to clear beliefs and clear stories, is not to reach. For me, I don't actually care about enlightenment anymore. What I care about is being a really great dad, being a really great husband and building a business that I'm proud of and building a business that reaches thousands of people and impacts thousands of people uh, and being in alignment and planting lots of trees and um, you know recording another album in my music. Like that's, so I, I used to spend all of my time trying to get, trying to, uh, what's the word, rise above this material phase of existence. That was my early twenties. Everything I did was to, to transcend. That's the word I'm looking for to try to transcend all this stuff. Cause I, I found out, well, none of this is real. Quantum mechanics tells us, the Course in Miracles tells us that this glass of water is not actually real and my body's not actually real. I'm like, okay, well, great. Well, let's just get past that. <laughs> and then I realized, I forget when I realized, but I was like, wait a second, I'm not getting enlightened anytime soon. So rather than try to transcend all this, what if I just learned how to navigate this three-dimensional world as you call it, uh, and and have lots of fun here and learn how to magic things and learn how to magically fix my car that won't start just by channeling energy and learn how to magically create five new clients because I want to and learn how to manifest this perfect dream home in Nova Scotia where this kind of house never existed. And then all of a sudden it pops into reality when we really want to live to move to Nova Scotia. It's like, why not learn all of that and have a lot of fun here 
um, rather than try to transcend. So for me, that's the point of all this work is, is to have fun, it's to have joy, it's to have magic. Um, yeah, I actually have a specific magic story, but I just want to see if, if that kind of answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I am laughing uh, just really because I am I am aligning with what you're saying. The the whole journey in the beginning of becoming enlightened and trying to reach these incredible things that these sages had said that they had achieved was a very important part of my path. And what what I was wanting to transcend the world of the physical, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I then quickly realized, oh, my gosh, I have just gone on this incredible journey of keeping my keeping me totally busy from doing what it is that I came here to do, which is to have a fun and easy life. That That's my mantra. My mantra is life is fun and easy. And if, if it's not happening with fun and if it's not happening with ease, I am the obstacle. And so I'm thoroughly enjoying what you're saying, but I kind of want to take you back. You made a comment when I said, you know, what, what's the purpose of being transparent and, and getting to the place where we really are, are super authentic with the, the BS that we have in our own heads. And you said, well, it's self-evident. So I want to offer to you that, that it's self-evident once you have seen it. But to me, that is the, the crux of the entire shift that we have to go through is to realize that it, 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 is, it is just that simple. As little children, we did what we enjoy doing. It was fun. We didn't have bills to pay. We didn't have a mortgage to worry about. We didn't have to get dinner cooked at a certain time. I'm sure your daughter, don't know how old she is. But when my kids were little, they had no cares in the world and they were so aligned with their joy. Their joy is what propelled them. And that to me is it was self-evident when we were little kids and nobody questioned it. But then we become all these adults and we have all of these beliefs about how serious life is supposed to be and how hard we're supposed to work and how difficult it is to achieve blah, blah, blah. And you got to wait. 30, 40, 50 years before you retire to have fun. And then boom, you die because you've been so fucking stressed out your whole life. Um, and now it really is that that is that's all that matters to me. Am I having fun? Is this happening with ease? If it isn't, um, then I have an issue <laughs> that needs to be transcended. So I love hearing what you said. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. So, so tell me, tell me how you um, take me through day to day in your world when you are so clear that that is your purpose. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I don't normally get that question on on podcasts and shows. Uh, yeah, my day my day starts at usually five uh, a.m. when my daughter wakes up. Uh, she's in a phase at the moment of waking up. Normally six would be when we start our day. So that, that's the current phase. But normally we would start at six and we'd get up and I have an hour and a half that I get to do meditation and yoga. And then I switch and my wife gets to do an hour and a half of meditation and yoga. And so one of us will take our daughter and then we switch back and forth. And then after that, we start our work day at nine. We both work from home. So our we don't have to plan for commute time because it's, it's in our home. And we start our work day. So I normally start my day first and then she goes... Um, she gets to work later, but we have three days of childcare. So that's that those days we get to work all day long. 
Uh, today is a Monday, so normally I would be working all day, but I got a babysitter to come while we have this uh, this podcast interview. And a day in the life looks like private clients. I work with usually two private clients a day, either half hour or full hour sessions. I run a group program on Tuesday mornings as well as Thursday mornings at the moment with a crossover. I do a Facebook Live every single day at um, 11 o'clock, or sorry, 12 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, because currently I'm doing a 30-day challenge to help people to shift their visibility, to expand their visibility in the practical sense for their business, but also the deeper psychological. So everyone doing the 30 days picks a, a deeper psychological piece that they're working through. And for me in these 30 days, it's working through feeling not enough, feeling inadequate, feeling uh, not worthy, and how that gets outpictured in the world and in physical reality is being on 20 podcasts by Christmas. And here we are, this is podcast number four or five. Uh, and that's just part of that process. So I do a live every day. I work on my you know, email marketing, my Facebook marketing. I have two different Facebook groups. I do a lot of, uh, all my work is on, mostly online, but now I have some local clients because magically, not magically, I created it. A new spiritual boutique opened up in my very small town here in Nova Scotia. So on Wednesdays, I get to go there and put on local classes and workshops. Going to be delivering a Reiki level one sometime soon. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a day in the life. So you know what I'm hearing underneath all of that, uh, underneath all the busy stuff? I'm hearing that you, you just are having fun, not only enjoying your daughter in the morning, enjoying the ability to do your yoga and your meditation, your connection, supporting your wife, the two of you. Um, I'm sensing just have this beautiful partnership and you get to then spend the rest of your day sharing this wisdom that is coming through you. So I would imagine for you, that must be fun and easy. It must be very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially now that um, as I get a handle on that, you could call it the demon of inadequacy. Uh, I'm actually <laughs> going to be doing um, another podcast uh, soon locally here. It's called uh, one last talk. And it's all about digging deep on the emotional stuff that's going on. And, and my talk is all about battling inadequacy. And that's been the, the hardest thing of my life. So now that I've got a, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> now that I have a handle on that and I'm moving through that consciously, uh, yeah, my days are, are hella fun. They used to be very dramatic, very, very dramatic. Like the heroes from movies who always have some great ogre to conquer or obstacle to overcome. Yeah. And when I started to see that that was a story yeah. and a belief system and that the benefit to me was that I always got to be working hard but never really arriving, which meant that I got to avoid the judgments of others because I wouldn't be putting my work out there in a bigger way. And that's really what I was scared of. When I shifted all that, I was like, oh, I can do a Facebook Live and be really bold in my opinions. And if I shift my energy around that and my beliefs around that, those very same Facebook lives that I used to be scared to make now are my main source of client attraction. So mm -hmm. whenever I come out and say bold things like, you know, especially for maybe your listeners, and if they want more information on this, they can see some of my videos. We, we don't have time to go into it now. But especially when I say things like stop doing boundaries, eliminate the need for boundaries, because boundaries are screwing up your life. People go, excuse me, I need my boundaries because so-and-so and because so of this and this and because of that. And so when I make those Facebook lives that I used to be scared to make, people sign up as clients and people want to work with me because they get that it's true for me. I'm not saying you're wrong if you have boundaries. I don't care if you have boundaries, have your boundaries. But I'm also saying very clearly, your life would be better if you stopped it. And so that gives people the freedom to say, 
oh, I want to get closer to this guy or I don't want to get closer to this guy. But either way, they're hopefully not left with a big pile of judgment where I'm saying, you have to do this or you're wrong. Yeah. And I think that's why we've all got a bad taste in our mouth because of many world religions, because they didn't say, here's what we believe, here's what we say is right and wrong. They said, here's what we believe, here's what's right and wrong, and you are wrong if you don't agree with me. Whereas I'm saying, agree with me, don't, um, but this is really fun. And if you wanna have fun, then come have fun. <laughs> Oh, Will, it's just so fun and refreshing talking to you. Christo made a comment when we were talking about, you know, enjoying our lives. You know, we, it, it's let, let's have fun. He said, yes, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Um, and that that has been such such a, a powerful statement. Um, and you're talking about boundaries. Margaret is saying, of course, we need good boundaries. So let's address this because this can be a controversial topic. So <laughs> let me put my spin on here. So um, I, I totally completely- Open up a can I, of worms. Yeah, this is a good can of worms. This is a good can of worms to open. And let me say, let me say why. Okay, so Margaret, thank you so much for saying so you're you're asking us to please speak more about the boundaries and what you mean when you say get rid of the boundaries Let, let's address that because that is such a powerful powerful question so boundaries well let me just say this on this spiritual journey i'm going to say that there is the journey when we're learning about ourselves when we're beginning to discover the more that there is to us when we're beginning to tap into the unseen world to really truly our source of power when we are in that state of discovery we're curious about what else is there you know boundaries are are things that we need to do because our mindset is such that we still are operating from a a three-dimensional way of thinking where i am weak and somebody can hurt me there's still a lot of duality. There's the idea that if I do something for you, it's a loss to me. Um, it's very much a transactional kinds of relationship. But when you begin to discover the more that you are and you begin to discover that what you are is energy. And like Will was saying earlier, this glass does not exist because quantum physics is telling us that we're all one energy. Then the boundaries become a crutch that keeps us from showing up. So if we want to have really deeply, intimately connected relationships, we need to understand what these boundaries are saying about us. And every single boundary has behind it a story that we're weak, that we can be hurt, that we can lose something. All of those things go totally, completely against with the truth of who we are that we're waking up to. So that is that is why um, if somebody feels that they need to have a boundary, by all means, have it, but be at least honest with yourself with why you have it. And again, because underneath that, there is an underlying story of I can be hurt. Otherwise, you would not need a boundary. A boundary is a wall to separate you and me. So when those walls are not there, guess what happens? Intimacy happens. Transparency happens. Connection happens. Now we can talk honestly about what the need for the wall, the boundary is all about, which is really bottom line, this story that we have been sold, that we have got to get over, that I cannot be happy because of what you're doing. I cannot be me because of what you're doing. I cannot somehow um, be safe because of what you're doing. And we've got to get moved past that. We can't be safe and we can't be happy because we're believing we can't be. And that, that to me is a place where it, 
in this journey, when we become more spiritually mature and we're ready to step into owning the truth of who we are, those boundaries have got to go because you don't want anything suffocating you. You don't want things limiting you. You want total and complete freedom because as the divine being source that we are, we are here to be expressing ourselves totally and completely fully. If you're not expressing transparently, you're not free. And that's what I want us to understand that boundaries are a block too. Um, so we'll take it away. Put your spin on that. Thanks, Mary, for your, your comment. Margaret, let me know if that made sense. That was great. Well, add yeah, your that part. Was great. I, I love the way you, we have very, we have totally, yeah, well, we have totally different language, but I love the way you say it is, is the same energy as what I express, but we have different language. So it, it'll land for, for totally different people. So that's great. What I say is uh, I like to start on the energetic level because most, a lot of people watching will, will know the energetic boundaries. You know, you wake up in the morning, you set an intention, uh, or if you've practiced Reiki at all or other modalities, you know, that, that only the best energies come to me. Uh, so you can put a bubble around yourself. A lot of people are familiar with that practice. You put a bubble around yourself uh, in Qigong and even in yoga, some forms, you can put a bubble around yourself with, with the Qigong practices. But all of those things, again, come from the belief that you are weak, that you cannot handle what shows up. So for me and my work, everything that I do is about beliefs, that anything that is, and here's another big one, but and you no, know, you don't have to accept this, but you can if it makes you feel light. So for me and my reality and with all my clients, the work that we do is your reality is created by your beliefs. So if there's anything in your reality, you have a belief about it. So if I have the belief that I need boundaries, so if I'm making boundaries, then I have a belief that I need boundaries. And that belief that I need boundaries will create more circumstances and situations that prove to me that I need boundaries. Bingo, bingo. So I, I did a Facebook Live once called, uh, yeah, I did a Facebook Live once called Dropping Assholes. And thankfully, I didn't uh, do a, a bad spelling and call it Drooping Assholes, but it was very popular because people, a lot of us have to deal with assholes. And uh, part of what I shared was that I used to have a lot of assholes in my life, a lot of jerks, a lot of mean people. And when I started doing this work and realizing the beliefs that I had about the assholes in my reality, and the benefit to me of having them there, that I got to be right, that I got to be better than them, that all these things, they went away. And I no longer have assholes. They don't just show up all over the place. There's still every once in a while, there'll be an asshole, but then there's always a belief that I have that has plopped them down in my reality. So that's on the energetic level. And then on the, on the practical <clears throat> material level, I like to be responsible and say, if you have someone who's being abusive in your life, get out of the house. If you have uh, someone who is trying to, who's following you or a peeping Tom, get a restraining order. None of my conversations, and I'm sure none of your conversations, uh, take us away from practical common sense because we do still live in a physical reality. So barring those kinds of circumstances and situations, on a, on a physical level, if you can't go to work because it's too negative there and you need lots of bubbles and boundaries, either it's the wrong job for you or you have lots of beliefs and stories about it that if you and when you clear them, you'll no longer need those boundaries. Those people that used to mess you up so badly will just not like they won't even. I've literally had people avoid me at parties. <laughs> I even <laughs> once had a guy. And then when you become really, really clear, when you get really energetically and spiritually clear, I like energetically because it makes more sense. But you'll notice that you'll see them coming a mile away. So I'll, I'll tell this story really quick. I was at a party once and a guy came up to me to chat and 
we had talked a lot on sh- on different various shifts together, and I knew he was a cool guy, but we weren't really aligned. And he had a lot of very strong opinions, especially about business, because apparently he was this really smart business guy. Although he was working the same part time job that I was, and not his own business. So funny thing there. Often the people that talk a big game are not walking that game. The people that are walking that game don't talk a big game; they just walk it. So he walked up to me at this party, and he said, well, what are you doing these days? And I said, at the time I was in a direct sales company. That was my main, my main focus. And he said, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, this, this direct sales company. Uh, and he said, oh, you know, I, I've looked into all of the direct sales. Co- and he, he, he starts in. And I just begun this work, this deeper work of energetic alignment. And as soon as he started in, I did this thing that I'd never got to do before, but I'd always wanted to, but never had the courage to do. And these, these are practical boundaries that are no longer energetically charged, they're just energetically aligned. So without hesitation, I looked behind him, just like, oh, and I made like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. And then I said to him, sorry, I, there's someone I see, I've, I've, I've got to go chat with, let's, let's pick this up later. I walked straight, I didn't give him a chance to respond. I just walked past him and went to go talk to nobody because no one had actually called for my attention. I just didn't want to talk to the guy. <laughs> so that, that's a practical boundary. We were not energetically aligned. We had no longer anything in common. And I no longer needed to judge him. He wasn't wrong. I no longer needed to prove anything, which would mean I'd stay and argue with him for however long it would take. None of that existed. I just didn't want to be there. I had no desire to be there. So I left and I literally never saw him again. We used to work on the same shifts all the time. And then I just literally never saw him again because he was no longer an energetic match for my reality. So that's another kind of practical application. Absolutely. We, we do have to move through these things. So Will, we're going to wrap things up and let me address Margaret has has posed a, a really good question. So she says that some things made perfect sense in the spiritual world. And she's asking, do we consider honoring the physical realm um, as or are we saying no to boundaries and are saying that the physical is less important um, and, and whether or not we're judging boundaries in relationships. So so let me just say this, Margaret. If you feel the need to do boundaries, by all means, be in alignment with that. If it feels peaceful, if it feels necessary, then that is appropriate. We, When we begin to align with our true authentic self, higher self, soul self, whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, but you know that there's a place of peace inside of you, do what feels comfortable. But if you're setting up a boundary, what I am suggesting and Will is 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 I'm picking up that this is what he's saying as well. Ask yourself the question, why do I need that boundary? Because the spiritual awakening is a journey of questioning. We have to begin to ask the question, why is it that I believe what I believe? Because our beliefs are creating our reality. So if you need a boundary, check in why that is. Oftentimes, as Will so perfectly said, we put up boundaries because sometimes it's safer to stay in something familiar because it's comfortable than it is to step through that boundary and make a statement of liberation. Make, say, I, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I don't want to be talking to this person at an event anymore. So we have to question why is it that we need to create boundaries? That is where the power of awareness comes in. You become aware of what is it that I'm believing about myself and others that has me need to put a protection. And that's the only reason that I'm saying, think of boundaries as a wall, as a protection, because it's a wall that you put around yourself and it keeps you inside 
thinking that you're safe, but it disconnects you from others. It disconnects you from other relationships where you may not need to have a boundary. It disconnects you from other jobs where you may not need to have a boundary. So the physical realm is important because we are here, but we are spirit expressing through this physical realm. And there is no reason to express through the physical realm with fear. Once you know what you are in your eternal, in your awareness of your invulnerability, you will be able to deal with anything and everything because your clear mind will allow you to receive guidance to deal with anything and everything appropriately for the higher good of everybody involved. And you're going to be happy and having fun because you'll be listening to something inside of you, not looking at what's going on outside of you that you need to protect yourself from. So now I want to, I want to give the last word well, two, two last words to Will. Um, one, share anything else that you might want to share around that. And then I want you to tell people how they can they can reach out to you and, and connect with you. Please. Yeah. So the last thing I'd say about that is, the, and I, I forgot to share it earlier, it's the thing that made the biggest impact on me in the beginning of this, this phase of my journey where I really got into joy and ease and magic. <clears throat> and I heard this thing that, once you become willing to receive everything, receive judgments, receive anger, receive uncomfortable, awkward moments, receive everything, then you can receive everything. So I realized for myself that when I was unwilling to receive the assholes, when I was unwilling to receive that energy, when I was unwilling to receive people yelling at me in sessions, when I was unwilling to receive those things, I was also unwilling to receive more money. I was also unwilling to receive more clients. I was, I was putting up any barrier that I put up was blocking everything, not just the bad stuff, but everything. And because I want to live a huge, big, fun, joyous life, that was why I decided to stop doing boundaries. So, so that's the last thing I'd say on that. Uh, and then, yeah, where people can find me. There's, a, a, a few, there's many places. I'm online. I'm on Facebook a lot. But I'd say the best place is one on my personal profile. So Will with one L, Carlos. I'm in the middle of a 30-day video challenge there. So every day I do a video at 12 o'clock, sorry, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and then the other great place is I have a, a free Facebook group called Clear What's in the Way. And in that group, we do a lot, we're very supportive. We clear energy, we clear beliefs. We do different challenges. In the new year, I'll be starting uh, a, a great ener energy channeling group out of that group. Uh, it's a wonderful place to connect. And then last, if you've been listening to this conversation and you are really loving some of the things that I'm saying, or you're like, hey, that guy's got it, and that may be nobody, that's okay. But if you are, and you're also a, uh, a holistic business, that's who I work with primarily, and would love to hear from you. I offer a free session. It's called Clear What's in the Way, Energy Healing Session, and would love to chat and see if that's a good fit for you. So that's my extended, extended offer. It's just a free session and a way to connect with me. Oh, that is so beautiful. So I, I am so grateful for this conversation, Will. And there's his Facebook group, Clear What's in the Way. And of course, as he said, his name, Will Carlos, Will W-I-L, Carlos, C-A-R-L-O-S, for those of us who are listening to this as a podcast. So a couple of comments. Margaret, thank you. You said that this was, um, you, you said thank you again, very helpful. And then Peggy went on to say that like a butterfly, unless we go through the process, uh, we never get out of the cocoon. This was great. Thank you. And uh, uh, Mitchell, nice chat. Thank you for that comment. Yes, it was a wonderful chat. Will, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. This was really a lot of fun. 
And as always, I want to invite everybody who was watching this and those who will watch it in the future, because we're always connected no matter where we are in that now moment. Um, I do these Align with Lina conversations every Monday, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on my Facebook Live. So just find me on Facebook, Lina P. Orlando. Um, and make sure you go to my website so you can find out about more things that I do, lineorlando.com. And Will, you have just been a source of delight for me um, in this conversation. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. And I am 100% on board with you. If we are not helping people realize that it is our birthright to have a fun and easy life, it is meant to be joyful, then we're missing the point. We are totally missing the point. And that's what we need to do the work around so that we can let go of making this so hard because that's not what we were created to, um, to experience. Thank you so much, Will. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. And thanks for being a great host and having me in the great energy. It's, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. See you all next week. Take care, Will.